0: Welcome to the LU Moment and thanks for listening. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects and people at Lamar University and we're in homecoming week. That's right. Homecoming's a little bit early this year, September 28th. We'll kick off the week of homecoming activities Monday, September 23rd. Be sure to go to lamar.edu forward slash homecoming for more details, but know that all of the events are for the whole family. We've got a car show, live music and parade, and we call, we're calling all of that Fan Fest. It's going to take place mainly from the Montaigne Center in parking lot so it'll be easy to get to and there's free parking of course all over campus. We'll have all kinds of activities for kiddos including several art projects over at the Dishman Art Museum and parents who are going to want to join their kids. At the Dishman, because the exhibit will feature world-renowned photographer-artist Keith Carter. His exhibit opens that day, and I've got Dennis Keel, director of the Dishman Art Museum, in studio to discuss that exhibit and, of course, the festivities at Homecoming. Thanks for being here, Dennis. Uh, I'm
1: happy to be here.
0: So you've only been in Beaumont four years now?
1: Four and a half years.
0: Four and a half (laughs) years. Uh, And been running the Dishman the whole time?
1: I have, yes. All right. Among other things, but... uh...
0: So this is a this is one of the bigger exhibits uh, for the for the Dishman, and um, how fortunate are we to have such an exhibit and such a uh, and it be such a uh, you know a local a native right? Of our well, area. it
1: it amazes a lot of people, and it, it is it is really interesting because in the world of photography today, um, Keith is Keith Carter is one of the big names. And, uh, and the fact that he is here in, you know, I mean, I always knew he was here. I mean, I met him years ago, uh, but I didn't know that much about Beaumont and Lamar until I actually got here. So it's the, it's the whole thing is sort of interesting how it, how it happened. So I'm, I'm honored to be able to do this and to have such a large show, a solo exhibition of his work.
0: Large, talk to us about that. What do you mean by large? (laughs) How many things, how many pieces will we get to
1: view? Well, we have, well, hopefully (laughs) we have 85 images. And we have two galleries, so it'll be both galleries, and, uh, you know, it covers his entire career, and, you know, all the way back to when he was doing more traditional work, to uh, when he changed to do maybe what you might call selective focusing, and then, uh, you know, alternate processing, and even some of his more recent work, because it covers up until, I think, uh, 2018 or so. I mean, he did a series uh, with uh, actually one of our neighbors in Old Town, Mister Jones, who walks around and he's always dressed really nicely, and uh, so with one of those images is in the show, and uh, we're kind of hoping maybe we can get him to come as as a local celebrity, so that'll be kind of fun.
0: Oh, that would but, be fun. Yeah. So Keith just published a book, uh, I guess within the last year, fifty years. Is that basically uh, this exhibit or the images in that book, or You'll, how? how yeah, it we correlate?
1: we actually talked about doing a show prior to the book, and then it just all kind of, once the book was uh, uh, planned and decided, and University of Texas Press decided, they told me they wanted to do it, then I said, well, this is perfect, then we'll, we'll actually use the book as the source of the imagery. So so all the works we have, I mean, there's 250 photos <laughs> in the book, and we have uh, 85, which, which we borrowed from the Whitliffe Collections at Texas State, and they have the largest holding of Keith Carter's photographs. Now, how oh, does that happen? What, what do you mean? How
0: does that happen? That Texas State has those. That well, they just liked like his
1: work, and they they just kept buying it, and and some of it he donated, but the majority of it they bought. Just you know, there was that. Ah, got it. I mean, some some groups they they find an artist that they like, and there's you know a special connection, and and he was actually the one when they started their photo collection. Uh, he was the first photographer to to enter that, and then it's just you know, over the years, They're and collecting. they have they have probably well, they told me initially eight hundred and now I think I heard it's 900 or so and I jokingly said to their registrar that you know has he taken that many photos I mean it just seems amazing that they have amazing. that many so we borrowed they they did a show recently and we borrowed from that so the 85 is coming from the Wheel of collection so it, it was great because it's matted and all ready to go and I just had to figure out where to put it on the walls well
0: they may have a great collection but we have Keith Carter and he is a, a photography professor here at Lamar University right uh, talk a little bit about Keith. I know it seems crazy, but there's people listening who do not know who Keith Carter is. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about Keith? Well, he, I mean, he's
1: he you know, he started photography. He's actually a Lamar graduate right. in business, but his mother was a photographer. So he sort of uh you know, when he was 19 or so, he he just asked his mother if he could take Use her camera to take a photo, and she said, well, you know, you've got a pretty good eye, and then it sort of went from there. And it really his uh, again, another old town neighbor, David Cargill, the sculptor yes. who did the Mirabu head and everything, you know, a lot of other things in town. Uh, Key said he saw a book in his – this massive library he has on, on cartier Bresson, and that just really changed his whole life. And he decided he wanted to be a photographer. And, you know, with, with any artist, you, you know, you just got to keep pushing and pushing. There's a little bit – you know, being in the right place at the right time or just being good at what you do, uh, it just sort of snowballed. I mean, he, he did some things for um, – uh, the the uh, Texas Magazine, what, what, it, Texas uh, Monthly, Texas Monthly, and then he what the, the, his first book from Uncertain to Blue, where he and his wife Pat decided to travel. Well, I thought it was a really clever idea. They traveled to all of the like a hundred cities in Texas with quirky names, yes. and then the 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 challenge for him was to take one photo that sort of symbolized that representative, m- yeah, of yeah that represented area. that uh-huh. particular town. And and it was so popular that uh, again University of Texas Press put it out, and then it was you know reprinted in 2011. So it's just gone from there. And he, you know his name is I mean I met him in 2001 when I was at the Cincinnati Art Museum, and you know he, then he was already you know CBS Sunday Morning had done an episode prior to that. So. He, you know, his career is just really snowballed. And, and his photographs are, you know.
0: are uh, owned by presidents and celebrities. Well, and yeah, and he's he
1: shocks people when he shows there's one really great photo called garlic that, and then he puts on the, if he does a uh, uh, talk, a lecture, and then he puts the picture of um uh, uh, Michelle and Barack Obama in their living room and there's his photo. Exactly. And then he always says, now for you Republicans, George Bush has one of his photos too Exactly. To and be I, fair. I, right. I, I was excited when, when his assistant said, oh, and Bruce Springsteen has one of your photos. And of course, and then Keith goes, you know, I don't remember, I don't know which one it is because it went through one of his galleries. I said, you don't know.
0: Come wow, on. on. <laughs> Come on,
1: Keith. So.
0: All right, Dennis, to wrap up, this exhibit launches the day of homecoming, September 28th. Open to the
1: public from twelve to five on Homecoming Day, right? Uh, and along with the art activity, that's in the lecture hall, the Dishman Lecture Hall.
0: So people can come free, see these uh, these eighty five uh, pieces of art, and the, the exhibit will run through November the eighth.
1: November the eighth, and we actually our reception will be where we have you know a lot of music, food, and stuff like that. Book signing will be October twenty fifth, which is a Friday night okay. from six thirty to And that's with Keith. Keith will be there. Yes. And, Perfect. and it's, it's almost, well, I, I shouldn't say this, but he, he, because he's so busy, he changed the reception date three times. So, that's, <laughs> so that's we're how now down to the, October 25th, which is, which is okay.
0: All right. Keith Carter, 50 years opening at the Dishman right there on the Lamar University campus, September 28th. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Well, all homecoming week, we have amazing events of celebration for the students. But on Tuesday, we have this public event that caught my attention. So I brought in Brendan Gillis, uh, Assistant Director of the Center of History and Culture for Southeast Texas and the Upper Gulf Coast, and also an Assistant Professor of History at Lamar University to tell us about this lecture from Thursday Night Lights to Black Man in the Huddle. Very interesting. Thank you. For being here, Brendan. Um, so this is—it's a discussion of the integration of football players back in the fifth. Fifties and sixties. All right. This is, and we're bringing in the authors of these books.
2: Yes. Um, well, first off, thanks so much for for having me. Um, and this is an event that we're really excited about. Um, so, in the
0: it's on September twenty fourth. I don't think I said that. So Tuesday night, five thirty yeah. to seven thirty.
2: Five thirty to seven thirty on the eighth floor of the library in the plumber room um, at Lamar. It's free, open to the public, and uh, there should be football themed food there. So, um, oh.
0: how could you pass
2: that up? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Perfect. In the last couple of years, uh, there have been two really excellent books about um, the racial dynamics of um, football programs in Texas in in the 1950s and 1960s. And so it made sense to invite um, both Robert Jacobus, who wrote a book, A Black Man in the Huddle, Stories from the Integration of Texas Football, um, which is about the generation of black football players who were involved in entering um, uh, high school and college teams that had been, uh, they'd been excluded from um, before, um, as well as um, historian Michael Hurd, who wrote a really fabulous book, Thursday Night Lights, um, which is focused on the black high school football programs of the 50s and 60s that put out a real uh, powerhouse group of uh, football players from Texas. And, and Southeast Texas features large in that story.
0: Interesting. And any relationship to Lamar for either of these authors and these books?
2: Well, absolutely. So um, Robert Jacobus um, has a whole section on Lamar because Lamar – was one of the first four-year schools in Texas, four-year colleges, to integrate its athletics. Um, There had been a number of junior colleges that had started experimenting, bringing in black athletes. And um, because most of the teams that they were playing were all white, there was a lot of uncertainty about whether they'd be able to find um, other teams willing to play against them. And in 1961, um, Coach J.B. Higgins and... President F.L. McDonald at Lamar decided, hey, we have great black football players in Beaumont in Southeast Texas. Let's bring them to Lamar and let's take the lead on this. So there there were maybe one or two four-year colleges that in the year or two before um, um, beat them to integrating, um, but Lamar decided it wanted to be ahead of the curve on this issue. Um, And so for the event, we're really proud to welcome back Tony Guillory, who was the first black athlete at Lamar University. Um,
0: I love that. And what year was that?
2: That was 1962. Um, and he had played for a semester at the University of Nebraska and really didn't find it all that welcoming. You know, he said there were about two dozen Um, black students on campus, and they were all athletes, and nobody else really wanted to talk to them. And so when Lamar came calling um, that that fall, they said, hey, why don't you consider coming back? Um, We'd love to have you on the football team. He he jumped at the opportunity. Um, And so in the spring of 1962, he debuted for the Lamar uh, track team. He was, uh, he shot Uh, Put shot, shot put, put. Uh, and uh, through the discus. Um, In fact, he set a a shot put school record um, uh, during his career here. And then um, he started spring uh, training for football uh, and played in uh, the 1962-1963 season.
0: So for this event, we can expect uh, Tony to tell a story?
2: Uh, yes. Um, so uh, Robert Jacobus, the author of Black Man in the Huddle, um, he built his book around 250 interviews. Um, wow. And so he invited some of his subjects to come back. Um, uh, Tony Guillory, because of his importance to Lamar, is going to be sort of our featured guest. Um, but there's going to be a few other great um black uh, footballers in attendance. So Bob Pollard, who is in the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame, um, went on from um, Hebert High School in Beaumont to a career in the NFL, um, is also going to be there. There's going to there's be some more Lamar alums and Hebert High alums in attendance. Um, and they're um, they 've offered to to meet people in the audience to share some of their stories um, as we highlight their experiences, really breaking down an important barrier in um, in collegiate athletics.
0: Only two hours we have for this event? I can see this. I mean, this is an all-night kind of thing. If we get to really start talking, it's it's a great <sighs> event.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully the conversation will just begin um, on Tuesday. Um, we really want to develop a relationship with uh, with Tony Guillory. Um, you know, he's been interviewed a few times over the years, but, um, you know, he, he did something remarkable here, right. um, and he was followed immediately by um, um, a few other uh, black athletes who helped tear down that barrier and and we think it's important um, we're proud of Lamar's role we're uh, proud of Mr. Guillory as a Lamar alum, um, and, and we want to celebrate that. We want to make sure everybody knows this story.
0: Well, absolutely, and I think it's just uh, just one example of how Lamar has led so many trends, um, and, and we continue to do that, and so the integration of black athletes was, uh, a, 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 we were a leader in that, and uh, I think it's a great example. Thanks for bringing this to us, uh, Brendan, and thanks for being here. It's from Thursday Night Lights to Black Man in the Huddle lecture. September the 24th, which is Tuesday, 5.30 to 7.30 free on the 8th floor of the Mary and John Gray Library. Got to wrap up real quickly, but I want to remind everyone that a week after homecoming, our spirit team is hosting its fall clinic for girls pre-K through 8th grade. You can get more information at lamarpinkout.com. They'll love it. They get to perform on the football field on October 5th. And then uh, a month after homecoming, Lamar University is hosting a basketball banquet featuring Julius Dr. J. Irving. That is on October the 26th. You can get more information at 880-1715. Thanks for listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University, the Pride of.